0: Are you tired of undercharging, over-delivering, and overworking? Well, I have some good news for you. I put together a free course for women web designers who want to make more money without overworking. Just go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash free course or click on the link in the show notes of this episode to get instant access. And since you love podcasts, when you sign up, you'll have the option to get the entire free course instantly in a podcast feed so that you can listen on the go. So if it feels like you've been working 24-7, but not making as much as you want, go get that free course right now at webdesigneracademy.com forward slash free course. Welcome to the Profitable Web Designer Podcast, where we're all about helping extraordinary web designers like you to stop undercharging, over-delivering, and overworking, and finally create the profitable, sustainable, and scalable web design business you've been dreaming of. I'm your host, Shannon Mattern, founder of the Web Designer Academy, where we teach the business side of running a web design business. So if you want to make a consistent full-time income as a web designer, but you're struggling with things like pricing and boundaries and mindset and marketing, and you're just tired of going it alone, well, my friend, you're in the right place. Welcome back to the Profitable Web Designer Podcast. And I am so excited for today's episode because we are going to be talking to Krista Miller, who is a virtual summit expert whose proven strategies have helped me and hundreds of other clients and customers host highly profitable summits. But Krista did not start out as the premier expert on hosting virtual summits. She actually started out as a web developer who used a virtual summit to book out her services and things just snowballed from there. Kristen, and I have known each other for many, many years, and I'm so excited that you are here today to share your story with our listeners. So can we kind of start back at the beginning, like before Summit in a Box became the huge hit that it's been and all of your coaching and mentoring and training has, like, has just kind of exploded? Can we go back to the beginning and can you share with us, like, how did you even, like, get your start as a web developer?
1: Yeah, it's always so, like, surreal to think back to that, you know, like, when you're starting a business, and you have these teeny tiny goals that you're terrified of, so surrounded in self-doubt, like, you, you're just so sure it's not going to work. And so yeah. it's always so weird to look back at that. But I actually started my like the very first website I launched that turned into my web development business was uh, me attempting to offer like design and development services. Please note, I had never designed anything in my life. I was like, I can probably make pretty things. So like, that's what my first website was. And luckily, I tried to do like my own little portfolio project. I was like, oh. Design is harder than good designers make it look. So then I shifted <laughs> into just offering development services. And that was a much better fit for me because I had a full time, like, corporate job doing okay. software and website development. So, like, that's what my degree's in. Um, that's what my background is in, and everything like that. And really, I just started it as a way to attempt to get out of that nine to five job that had become really a toxic environment for me. Like, I was in the tech space. I was on a team of, I think it was 19 people. I was both the youngest and the only female. And it was a lot of just really immature people. And as you can imagine, things just were not always very appropriate and very uncomfortable. And I was like, I just can't. I can't deal with this anymore. And I didn't want to find a new job. because I was like, I'm just going to find more of the same. Like, that's what this tech industry is you know, which I'm sure isn't completely true, but I just didn't want to deal with the anxiety of trying to find a good job. So I was like, okay, let's, I mean, I see other people on Pinterest doing their own like design businesses. If they can do it, I can do it too. So I launched, I think in September, I think, yeah, September, 2015. And my goal, I had done all the math and I figured out that if I made $1,200 per month, my husband and I could get by. If I quit my job, like it wouldn't be pretty. We would be like, it would be bare minimum. We'd be canceling, you know, lots of things, but I could do it. And my goal was to do that within a year. And I landed my first client, I want to say, yeah, it was in December. So I was at four months, four months later, um, like a little $200 client, but it was something. And then I just kind of picked up from there and I was able to quit my full time job within six months. And that's kind of how it started. And like, at that point, I was kind of doing development for anyone and everyone who needed it, just random projects here and there. And then things took off a lot more when I was like, I can help designers. Because when you're trying to market development to everybody, you end up having to do some design. And I just wasn't good at that. And I was like, oh, there's these people who can make things really pretty, I can make their pretty things like actual websites. So when I niche down, found that I could focus on those people. And I literally just sent out like 20 cold pitches and got a couple of takers. That's when things, you know, really started to take off. And I was able to exceed the $1,200 a month fairly quickly, like not anything wild, but enough. So I was like, okay, this is comfortable. I can do it. It's worth exploring and continuing to do.
0: I love that you were like, I'm going to figure out like, what is my minimum baseline to create the freedom that I want to create and to get me out of this situation that I don't want to be in anymore. And that's like a concept that we talk about all the time on this, this show is like figuring out like, what is your minimum baseline? Like, yes, we all have like the big goal business, right? But like, that does not happen overnight. We don't create that overnight. We don't go from 0 to six figures in 6 months. Like I haven't met anybody that has done that. And you know, it took me 3 years to hit my minimum baseline which was it was a higher number because that's what my my husband and I like decided on, you know, that we wanted to like slide right on over from paycheck into into business. So I side hustled for three years to make that happen. And I love that you guys were like, this is what I want my life to be like, and this is the money that it's going to take to get that. I'm making some sacrifices here to make it happen. But the reward on the other side of those sacrifices is just like so much better (laughs) to get out of that environment. Another thing that you said that I was like, this is fascinating. Is that you sent 20 cold pitches? Can you tell me a little bit about how did you come up with the idea to do that? Because if I go back to 2015, because we started our business around the same time, like with the same online marketers and online marketing strategies and all the shiny objects and things that we're seeing about like host a free challenge and like just all of these things to like market yourself online. And yet you are like, I'm gonna send out 20 cold pitches, like. Can you take me back to what was the driver behind that decision and how you felt when you were sending those out?
1: Yeah, uh, I know I was terrified. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell you that for a fact. Now, exactly what led me to that, I don't remember. I don't think I was working with a coach yet at the time or anything mm-hmm. who would have told me that. So it was either something I came to on my own or a friend was like, "Hey, you should do this," but. I know the reason I did it was because it truly like I wasn't even an an advanced enough marketer at the time to see it for the strategy that it was. I was just like, I have something I can do for these people. We should be friends and work together. Let me email you about it. Like it was literally such an innocent email that I sent these people. So like I remember looking for designers who were not offering Website services or were who were offering like website design for like Squarespace or something where they wouldn't need a developer. I was savvy enough to pay attention to those things, but that's like the rest of it was just me coming out out of a place of service and really like seeing an opportunity for true collaboration. And I was like, hey, I think we could do this together. Do you want to get on a call And a few of them uh, did and and like it turned into long term relationships with those couple of people, which you know, now that I am marketing savvy, I'm like, good job, like baby 2016 business owner, Krista, that was good.
0: (laughs) It's so funny, because like that, you know, you think about like, you know, everyone's like, "Oh, I need to be on TikTok and Instagram and Reels and have a YouTube channel and a podcast and all of these things to get clients and be taken seriously, it's like, yes, all of those things can work. But what also can work is something very, very simple, and direct and authentic. And if you're not, if your business isn't marketing at scale, because you only need X number of clients to, you know, reach your goals, you don't have to like go all in on content marketing strategies to get clients. And I just love you're like, I was terrified. And it was such an innocent email, which is like, you didn't overthink it. You were just like, really in the place of like, I see how I can help this person. I see how we can work together to accomplish both of our goals. And whether that was like a end user client where you were doing all of it for their business, or a designer or whatever, like... If we approached all of our communications that way, it's not sleazy or salesy or pushy or stalkery.
1: <laughs> right. Like, and I know like even since then I've seen opportunity for that, even with local businesses, you know, where like I try to go check out their website so I can figure out if we want to go there or buy something from them. And like it's terrible. And if I was a designer, that would be like a, a fairly I mean it would still be scary, but like a easy in air quotes opportunity to be like, hey. I see an opportunity for you to make more money and I can help you with that. You know, like if I was was a designer, I would have totally done that by now. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't have to be like a B2B type thing like I did.
0: Yeah, and it's like, well, why don't we do it? Like, what are we so afraid of? We're afraid of someone being like, how dare you? Who do you think you are, you know, reaching out to me? Right. Or we're afraid of like their silence, meaning we're not good enough. It's like, we make their... Reaction or inaction means something about us, which is why we don't mm-hmm. take action. And like the biggest thing I think you can do is just come at it from a place of service and being like, hey, I'm okay with whatever this outcome is. I'm not going to make that mean something about me, but I'm going to go ahead and like give myself the chance to get the opportunity. And, you know, so many yeah. people hold themselves back and be like, well, I have to start a blog. And before I start the blog, I have to write 10 blog posts. And here I am a year later, and I don't have a client. Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or a portfolio. Right. <laughs> yeah. Why do we do this? I don't know. To keep ourselves safe and to act like we're doing yeah. something. I mean, mm-hmm. I find myself doing that at every like new level of my business even now. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So you sent these 20 cold pitches, you developed some relationships, you got some work, you got some money coming, and you left your toxic work environment. When did you have the idea of like, I should host a summit for designers to grow my business? Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so that was over a year after I left my job. So I just kind of I don't even know what I was doing, honestly, to get clients. I was on uh, Twitter. I was in Facebook <laughs> groups. I was getting referrals. Thank goodness. Planting tons of but seeds. really Yes, right. Doing what I could to try to become the like go-to developer for designers. And honestly, there wasn't really a whole lot of competition. It was just that they didn't... like At the time, designers didn't know it was a thing. There was no one else doing it. And... You know, we got into 2017, and I was bringing in like three, $4,000 a month. So like for me at the time, that was fine. But I was like, okay, well, what's next? You know, like it's just it's kind of the entrepreneurial thing. We want the next thing. We want more. I had grown my email list to like between four and 500 people. So again, it was, that was like two years. It was still small. I was like, I need more. I want more people to know I exist. I want relationships with people. You know, I had a couple friends in the industry, but not a whole lot. I wanted to be booked out. So I was like, at the point where I was booking clients as I needed them. Like, there were several times where a project would end. And I'd be like, Oh, crap. Where's this next client coming from? And then luckily, someone would slide into my inbox. Like, that's how I was living for years. I was like, I want more leads on my email list. I need it to stop growing at a snail's pace. And like a summit kept coming to mind as something that could do all of those things for me at once. But back in 2017, there weren't just like, you know, little business owners running summits, it was all the big names, the big companies, all these big influencers doing it. So it was one of those things where I knew it could potentially get me all those things I wanted. But I was like, I am not. Like, I am not those people. I literally had a dream. I'm not exaggerating. I had an actual dream of like sending pitches to speakers and having them just sit and laugh at their computer screen when they read that, like, oh, Crystal thinks she's going to host the summit. So, like, that held me back for a really long time, even though I was like, it could work. And one day I was driving in the car, I remember this very vividly, and I just like had this thought come to my head, like, I can do it differently. I don't have to do it like all these other people. I can make it something just for designers. No one was doing that. No one was hosting like super niche summits that I had seen in the industry. I was like, if I host a super niche summit just for designers, like no one else has done that yet, that's going to stand out. So that's kind of what gave me the courage to move forward with this idea. And I still had like really small goals with it. I was truly hoping to bring in a couple hundred people My goal for revenue was $3,000. And I wouldn't even admit to that. I was too scared. I was like, there's no way I can make $3,000 with this event. But that was my goal. And I, you know, I was just hoping to build some momentum, build some relationships in the industry. So I went ahead and I did this thing. And I'm a very detail oriented and systems person. So it's not like I just went and winged it. No, I did a lot of research into other people's events. There weren't like any really any resources or courses at the time. But I just like, made this big, massive, over-organized process before I went into it. And in doing so, I was able to create a really incredible event and experience, both for my speakers and for attendees and for myself, because going in with those tiny goals, we absolutely smashed them all. So instead of the two to 300 subscribers, we brought in 1,500 attendees. Instead of the $3,000 in revenue, we brought in 16,000 in revenue. And I booked up my services for six months. And for someone who was at the place in business that I was, that was 100 percent life-changing. I had never brought in even a small fraction of that amount of revenue all that once before. That was like I wouldn't have even have set the goal to like have a 10k a month or something like that. And here I did one thing that brought in 16000 dollars and totally booked out my services. It was like absolutely life-changing. and Yeah, that's how we got to the first summit. I'll I'll pause there for now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. So was it called the Simply Profitable Designer Summit at that time Mm -hmm. for the first summit?
1: Good question. It was not. It was called (laughs) the Simplified Designer Summit. Ah, Just FYI, do your trademark searches before then because someone has the word simplified trademarked and I got a nice little cease and desist after that first summit. So we changed the name.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it happens when you're an entrepreneur and you're moving fast and you have a great idea and you, you know, and then you're just like, oh, but I think it kind of worked out for you because the Simply Profitable Designer Summit is like the premier summit for designers. That's like, you know, the one that people attend year after year after year. And like you created a a movement out of that. So like it kind of worked out. <laughs>
1: It did work out. I I still don't like the name as much, but we definitely powered through anyways and it worked out just
0: fine. (laughs) So you hosted your first summit, you got booked out for six months. When did you have like this moment of like, oh, wait, I just created this whole system and all my intellectual property and all of my like this whole package of something that could be like massively valuable to other people. Was that like a conclusion you came to on your own or how did that unfold?
1: Yeah, that was definitely not on my radar. You know, we got to the end of the summit. And of course, whenever you do something cool in business, there's gonna be people asking you how you did it. And that's what I experienced. I was getting emails from attendees and speakers. How did you do that? Can you show me how to do that? Can you help me with that? And I was working with a coach at that time. Um, and I ran the idea by her. I was like, oh my gosh, there's people asking me to do this. I could do that. Should I? And she was like, you know, I think you should just focus on what you're doing. You don't have to teach people things just because you did it successfully. Just because you did something doesn't mean you have to teach it. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I don't have to do that. So I brushed off the idea. I told a lot of people no, and just kind of kept plugging along with my development services and jumped right into planning the next round of the summit. I was like, oh, that was wonderful. Let's do that again. So I planned the next one for six months later. A little bit different setup. So yeah, I kind of just brushed off the idea of teaching people how to host summits. And then a couple months later, like again, not on my radar at all. I had three people, not at all like related to each other, reach out to me on different platforms, saying different things. So one person, it was an attendee, basically saying, that was awesome. Can you show me how to do it? I had a speaker message me on Facebook. Similar thing. Like, you should create a system for this. And a different coach that I was working with then at that time sent me a message on Voxer saying, I had a dream last night that you built this summit hosting empire. And I think it would be really incredible if you did it. And I was not like religious or anything at the time. I am now. I would have looked at it differently now, but I was like, okay, universe, like, I get the hint. Let's do something with this. Like, it was just too much. For me to ignore at that point, I still wasn't taking it super seriously though. I was like, I am not willing to risk everything I've built around this development business to go pursue this summit idea. So I did like the very minimum viable thing that I could. I set up a super simple website on Kajabi. Like it was like a homepage and an about page and a sales page, I think was really all it was. And the sales page was for literally just my Asana template. So I took my project plan that I had created in Asana to host my own summit. I organized it a little better than it was for myself, added more notes to all the tasks. And I was like, okay, if you want me to teach you how to host a summit, prove it, basically. And I put that on sale. I think it was for 197 Maybe it started at $97. does not matter. Put it uh, for sale. Point is, people bought it. And I was not used to that. I was not used to creating digital products that people actually bought. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is what it's like when you create something that people really want and really need. And again, like from there, I didn't, I mean, I guess looking back, I had the name Summit in a Box from the very beginning. So I guess I must have had that idea at some point, like I could give them everything. And when they proved it to me, then I was like, okay, let's do this. And people were asking for different templates and things like that. And then I did have the idea, okay, let's build this full on summit in a box that is absolutely everything someone needs to plan and host a summit. And I remember sitting down to kind of do that one day and going, oh no, this is a lot. It's a lot of templates and emails and resources and trainings. I can't just sit down and make all this. Like number one, it's going to take months, if not years. Number two, I can't put that much time into it if I don't know if someone's going to buy it. So I actually switched. I kept, I kept that template up for sale and started a membership. And my plan with this membership was I would add resources to it every month, increase the price every month to continue to get that buy-in from people. Are they willing to spend this much? Okay, yes. Are they willing to spend this much? In the meantime, I'm using that as my motivation to continue and to get paid to build this thing. And it took me over a year to add all of the resources and make everything. But eventually, we had our full-blown course that is now Summit in a Box. And people kept paying, and I kept adding stuff, and it turned into a beautiful thing.
0: I obviously purchased Summit in a Box back in the day and hosted a summit. We could talk about that because it was like a no-brainer to... Just get that and follow that system and like have all of the thinking about it done for me. It was an amazing experience. But what I want to come back to is something you were saying just kind of like really resonated with me. It's like you have this thing that people keep asking you for and that like keep buying and it keeps working. And but on one hand, you're like, I'm not ready to like go all in on this until. (laughs) <laughs> until it's like prove it like prove it to me that you really want this. I'm not going to spend all this time making it just for like one person when you were saying that I was thinking about my business journey was like the thing that I was doing that was the easiest was the thing that like I kept dismissing and discounting and ignoring as the not important thing. So my business was like 2015 Teaching people how to DIY their website. And then I wanted to teach people how to do all of the like tech behind their marketing, like the funnel building and the freebies and the email list stuff. And I went through so many iterations of trying to sell that to people. And it was like banging my head up against the wall. But then I had this other like web designer group coaching program off on the side, where, like you, people kept asking me, like, how are you getting web design clients when you're giving everything away for free? When you're giving away how to build a website from start to finish? How are you getting people to still pay you to do it for them? And I'm like, well, I can show you like, I can teach you this, like, come join this group coaching program. And we'll meet every week and like, whatever. And People were like, sign me up, sign me up, sign me up. And even when I would like lo- do a launch for it, it was so easy. But I kept putting my just effort and energy into like making this thing work that was just A, not working. And B, everybody else was doing it too. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the only one teaching the strategy for building an email list and making offers and like all of the tech behind that. And so I'm still curious about like what is <laughs> what is it about me that makes me like ignore the path of least resistance and like have to take the hard road but I guess I point that out to say like if you have people that say I want something that you're doing pay attention to those things, unless it doesn't feel aligned with you. And it's not going to make you happy. And it's going to make you miserable. Sure. But it felt so easy for me to show up and make time to talk to those web designers. And I loved it so much. And yet, it didn't occur to me that that was going to actually like, be the thing that I do, which is now the thing that I do. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. We have to get there the hard way, I guess. (laughs) I guess. I guess. And it's like, we get there the hard way so that we can help people get there the easy way, I guess. Yes. See, there it Hopefully. is. <laughs> <laughs> so you have this membership. You finally, like, you grow it into a course because it has, you're like, waiting for, not waiting, but you're like, you're making it prove itself every step of the way, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing mm-hmm. with your web design business during this time?
1: Yeah, so I was still focusing on my development clients for my main source of income. Like, that's what I was relying on. Because, like, the membership, I launched it for $12 per month. There are people (laughs) who got access to the full Summit in a Box course who paid $12. Well, they paid $12 for a few months, but still less than $100. Wow. So it wasn't like bringing in a ton of money. Yeah, it wasn't bringing in a ton. So I was still hustling hardcore with development clients. Website development is no joke. Like, each of my projects took like five weeks of me sitting and hustling almost every day for five weeks to make I was charging $1,200 or something like that. Not enough. But that's kind of what I was doing that whole time. But as the membership got into those final months, luckily, I had like enough foresight to start kind of backing off on clients a little bit. So I think in those final months of the membership, I was bringing in like $3,000 a month through it. And then we launched Summit in a Box in 2020. And that initial launch brought in 60K. And I was needing to hire employees, like do all these things. I was like, I cannot, I cannot take clients anymore. So I think after that launch, I maybe took, uh, I had a couple retainer clients left. And that stuck with me until I went on maternity leave. It was like the second time I was like, guys, peace out. <laughs> and then I maybe took a VIP day or two, just kind of more as me being scared and having that as a safety net. But then after that, like I haven't had a development client in probably two years as of the time of recording this, which is kind of sad for me. But also like, again, when I look at the money I was making and the time I was putting in, oh man, it didn't make sense. <laughs> so
0: Well, let's talk about Pricing yeah. for a minute because your pricing absolutely evolve. I've watched your pricing for Summit in a Box evolve as the program has transformed from membership to course to like premium course to high ticket like group coaching, like implementation support. I've seen that evolve. What has shifted for you in your like money mindset, pricing mindset from those early days until today?
1: Yeah, it was definitely like a stair step. So I think the process I went through for the membership showed a lot, like starting at $12 a month and not knowing if anyone was going to pay that to now charging a lot more for our group program and feeling very good about that. And now I can look back and be like, I was just positioned for the right people. I was targeting people that felt really, really safe for me. And I had to charge lower prices because of that. And like, that was just me not really understanding positioning and business. And I needed a Shannon in my life to be like, hey, (laughs) this is not it. And now I know like if I want to charge certain prices, I need to be solving a problem worth that amount and more for the level of people who have that problem and are willing to put money into solving it. And I know I can do that. We have lots and lots of results that show that we get results far above and beyond that we charge. Like when I look at our client results, I know what we're charging even is just absolutely silly. But I just, I just feel much more confident in it now, both in, in terms of the return we're getting for our people and the types of people we are positioned to help.
0: Yeah. And I think it's not only like the value of solving a problem but it's also like the value of an opportunity that is created. So like, it might not be that like you're, you know, as a like, as web designers are listening to people here that you're solving like a painful problem for someone, it might Mm -hmm. be that you're opening up opportunities that were not there before, too. So thinking of it, on both sides of the coin, it could be that you're solving a very like a problem that has revenue generation potential, but it also could be that you're like creating opportunities that weren't there before. And I think for when, you know, when I chose to get someone in a box to run my side hustle to self-employed summit that I was doing for the side of my business again, where I was, you know, just trying to to teach like DIY entrepreneurs, like, I think I made $20,000 off of that summit. And it was like, what? I don't remember what Summit in a box cost at that time but it was at least a 10 times return on my investment if not 15 times return on my investment to do that. And so it was a complete no-brainer for me to do that. And you know, it wasn't like I don't think of that as like solving a $20,000 problem for me as much as I think of it created a $20,000 opportunity for me. And then mm-hmm. I've hosted my own summit. I speak at like any summit I can like get my foot in the door on, especially your summit when you were the host of the Simply Profitable Designer Summit. And as a summit speaker, I can tell who is not using Krista's process because it is a painful experience to be a speaker. <laughs> in those summits not only is it like a painful experience to be a speaker the engagement is not as high and the return on my investment of time and contribution and showing up is basically like it's not worth it like to me as mm-hmm. as, as someone who's spoken at i don't know you know 50 <laughs> different events or, since i discovered summits as like an incredible way for me to like get in front of my ideal client it's crazy the difference in quality of someone who's hosting using the Summit a Box strategies or someone who is, I don't know, either making it up on their own, like trying to reverse engineer what they see other people doing, mm-hmm. or I don't know if there's anybody else teaching it, but they're not teaching it as well as, <laughs> as you teach it. So just my own personal experience, full disclosure, customer of Summit in a Box, client of Summit, what is it called? The Lunch Accelerator. Where, yeah, I launched with the Summit Accelerator. Launch with the Summit Accelerator, sponsored summits where I've launched my high ticket group program off the back end of that and had success with like all of these things. And so, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that other than to say that the value of creating opportunities for business owners that may not have existed before, even if you're not solving a problem. That's what we do as web designers every single day. And Krista does it really, really well with what she does for business owners. So segue into into Simply Profitable Designer Summit. You started it in 2017. You hosted it several, several times. And I've spoken at it the past few years. I sponsored it last year. And behind the scenes, you and I were having conversations, was it in 2021, where you were like, I think this is going to be the last year I'm hosting this summit. And I'm like, no, (laughs) no. But tell me what led you to the point of... we understand you're no longer working with clients because you've gone all in on Summit in a Box. Simply Profitable Designer felt to me like this is my testing ground for if I'm going to build templates and processes and things, I might as well like build it in real life and make some money off of this summit while I'm building my things to then repackage and resell. When was the... Realization that you didn't need to host your own summit anymore to successfully run Summit in a Box.
1: Honestly, I feel like I'm still coming to terms with that. And be real with you, <laughs> <laughs> like looking back at the past couple of years, like if we wouldn't have run that summit, we wouldn't have turned a profit overall because we've been putting so much money into like growth and team and everything like that at Summit in a Box. Like we have needed that summit for revenue generation, and I'm still to the point where I'm like, oh. It's scary to not have that on my list for 2023, but it's time. And the reason I say it's time is just because of how it has felt to run it for me the past uh, two-ish years, I guess, being detached from the industry. Now, this might not be an issue for everybody, but I am very, very relationship-focused. Like It's in all the personality tests and things like that, relationships- And community and stuff like that are it for me. They're a core focus for me. As much as I would prefer to just sit in silence all day long, apparently that's the thing I care about. And going in once a year, being like, "Hey, haven't talked to you since last year, but you want to come speak at this thing I'm doing?" has felt terrible. It feels so transactional to me. And there's people like like you, Shannon. You know, like several other people on my speaker list too. I do talk to in between who like we I have actual friendships with, but a lot of them. I go to them once per year, and I show up in their Instagram DMs and be like, hey, want to come back for another round? Or I am like searching for someone I've never heard of before on Instagram to see who's new in the web design space. And I'm reaching out to them cold for the first time, asking them to come speak at this event. And they do because it's a well-known event. We have a really great reputation. But again, it feels so transactional. I am only reaching out to them so I can put on this event to profit from. Basically, it's not because I want a long-term relationship or anything like that. And that feels awful to me. I do not like it at all. And I feel like it's also showed itself with our engagement for the summit the last couple years, because I'm not in that space anymore. And it has felt really weird for me to also try to show up as an expert in the space. Again, I think you can go out and host summits for industries you're not necessarily an expert in. But for me, it did not. It did not feel good. It did not feel in alignment. And that is what kind of started leading me to the decision probably after the 2020 summit, that like, okay, it's really time to start thinking about this. And I did, I think, even have that idea for the 2020 summit. But that one was such a hit. We made over a hundred thousand dollars for that summit. I was like, oh, we should probably do this one more time, you know? (laughs) And then yeah, after that, every time I was just like, I don't want to do this again. Yeah. And That's where it came from. Just didn't feel right.
0: When I stopped doing one-on-one client work as a web designer, and then I was like going all in on the Web Designer Academy and the coaching and the mentorship, I felt kind of the same way to where it's like, oh, if I'm not still serving clients, how can I possibly like coach other people on serving clients? But I had to just, Be like, I have enough experience doing this. (laughs) Like, you know, and if my mission really truly is to impact as many web designers as I possibly can to create profitable and sustainable businesses, me continuing to work with clients is actually like in hindering that mission. And if you like wanting to help business owners amplify their message and make more impact and grow faster and build a community around their niche and their topic and their summit in a really like quick way is hindered by you running your own summit and you feeling like this no longer lights me up, but it's actually pulling me away from that bigger impact I could have over here. Those are tough decisions to make as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. And I think that that's kind of like You took a long time to make that decision. You hosted it one more time. You're like, let me look at the bottom line. And the bottom line is that it makes sense for me to run this event again, because this allows me to invest in the bigger vision over here. Mm -hmm. And so it's so funny that you're like, I saw it as like transactional and profit driven. I think every like, I never felt that. But I've had those thoughts about some of the things that I've done where I'm like, oh, I'm not fully in it. But you still created an amazing experience. So I hope that you know that that like, everybody still got value out of those events, whether or not you had kind of one foot out the door, so <laughs> out the door into that the next the beauty of it. Like, thing that you're growing to support business owners, but we have to take risks all the time. and you said it earlier, it's like you still were doing design because you weren't willing to risk like that for this business, you know, for the Summit in a Box, it's like, well, I got to keep doing that. And it's like, at some point, we can't do it all. And we do have to move on. And I'm in this place in my business right now, where I have things that I started in the beginning that aren't in alignment with what I'm doing anymore. And yet I continue to operate them. And I continue to put resources into them because I'm like, well, it's still valuable to some people, but it does pull our attention and resources away from the bigger vision. And I'm like, I'm having right now currently as we're recording this, like, what do I do about these things? Mm -hmm. And I haven't made a decision. I know what I need to do, but I'm afraid to do it. (laughs) So I get it. I totally get it. I'm right there with you. So. I had said to you, hey, if you're ever considering like selling this, please reach out to me because for me I was like this whole event is like my ideal client. Like I would love to run a summit for designers, but I'm not going to try to like compete with Simply Profitable Designer cuz like that would be silly. So <laughs> tell me about the decision to Actually, the decision to sell the summit rather than just like sunset it and wind it down.
1: Yeah. I mean, my initial plan was to just stop. Yeah. That's what I thought the option was. I've never seen anyone sell or give away or anything like that a summit. It had not even crossed my mind that you have like a really valuable asset <laughs> that could really benefit someone else. So yeah, my plan was to just stop, but like you said, after I don't remember if it was twenty, I don't remember what year it was, but after in after one of them, I like, I think I included in an email to speakers or something like that, like this might be the last one, and I had several people, you being one of them, come back and be like, oh no no no, like <laughs> this you're not done, <laughs> you cannot stop, and yeah, then you and Sarah had come mm-hmm. to me and you're like. We want you to keep running this. This is such an impactful event in the web design space. Let us help you. Yeah. It's like, okay, I don't, I like, I don't want to stop. It doesn't feel good to me anymore. But if I have you two who are in that space here to help me and you have the connections and you have something to do moving forward with this audience, I can do that. So I don't know if you want me to tell the story, but like. Yeah, go for it. Our plan was that you and Sarah were going to kind of take the lead and plan. Was it the twenty twenty two
0: round? It was either twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. And Sarah is Sarah. Massey I think it was twenty two yeah. of uh, day rate mastery. By the way, for anyone that's like, who's Sarah? Yeah, it was twenty two because uh, it was this last run of the event. Yes.
1: Yep. And we started. Mm-hmm. We had meetings. We were all excited and. Then I was like, oh, I really hate co-hosting summits. (laughs) And I had co-hosted a summit. I have done it before in 2020. My co-host was absolutely wonderful. But as someone who is an expert at summits, who never misses a due date, who likes to move quickly, I do not like waiting on other people. I do not like asking other people for approval. It just gets very frustrating for me. And I don't even think you and Sarah had gotten to a due date before I was like, you guys... I can't do it. Like It had already given me so much anxiety. I was like, we just can't do it. So uh, I felt awful. Luckily, Shannon is literally the most gracious human I've ever met. And she was like, it's no big deal. Let me be a sponsor. I was like, oh, okay, let's do that. So I brought Shannon and Sarah both on as sponsors, of course, gave them um, discounted rates that I would have for anyone else. We went forward as sponsors and I put the brand up for sale then. So Seeing you and Sarah and other speakers be like, wait a second, like you can't stop made me realize, okay, there are people who are really interested in this. And in the meantime, I had met and gotten to know Chelsea Clark, who runs blogs for sale. I think it's Mm blogsforsale.co, where she sells websites and blogs and things like that. So I actually was working with her in the meantime and listed the summit for sale because then I had seen it as an opportunity. And in the back of my mind all along, I was like, you know, well, I can figure out something with Shannon, if it doesn't sell. And that's kind of like, how it eventually (laughs) came to be. But I don't know if you want me to.
0: Yeah, I mean, we can talk about like, what our agreement was and everything like here in a second. But like, going back to, you know, when we're like, Sarah and I had like a side conversation where we're like, we're gonna talk to Krista and be like, hey, like, we'll co host this. Because for us, That was a huge opportunity for us every year that we spoke to get exposure in front of our ideal client. And for me, it resulted in clients and several thousand dollars in revenue, just that one opportunity to speak at the summit you created. And so I wasn't ever of the like, oh, cool, this is ending. I'm going to start my own. I was just like, no, like this brand in and of itself has become such a Valuable thing that whatever Krista needs to continue to do this, like I'll do all the work for the opportunity to get in front of people. However, when you sent that email, I was like, I totally get it because I am the same way. I am like, when it comes to a project, I'm like, can everyone just get out of my way, please? Like, I don't want to wait on anybody, I don't want to ask anybody for anything i want to do when i feel inspired i don't want to have to wait to meet i don't like i totally was like i get this i fully like i feel like we're a lot of like in many ways and that is one of the ways that i i knew you felt bad but i was just also like i get you i understand you at a core level so i was just grateful for the opportunity to like be able to To do that for another year, my sponsorship resulted in, I don't know if it was 60,000 or 90,000. I'm getting my numbers mixed up, but significant revenue off the back end of sponsoring that summit and tons of incredible leads and all of that. And so I saw the blog up for sale and I was like, oof. And I remember writing you and saying, like, if I had that much money in my bank account right now, I'd be like buying this today. You know, I was like, if anything, ch- I said, unfortunately, like I can't make that work right now. But if anything changes, let me know. <laughs> Which I had never even considered buying a business. Like what? Like that didn't even. But I was like, I could buy a established business, pre stocked with my ideal clients who I already have gotten the opportunity to be introduced to over the past however many years, and especially this year. And it's like a proven model that actually converts for me. Like, how can we make this happen? And so I remember saying that to you. And then I was just like, thinking in the back of my mind, okay, well, if this is going to go away, I could start my own and I'll use some in a box, (laughs) like whatever. And then I don't remember like how we reconnected on the idea. Do you? I think I just... It got to the point where I was going
1: to have to start planning the next one if it didn't sell and it wasn't selling. And we had lowered the price of it. Um, You know, She just kind of calculates price based on how much profit you generate year after year, which was a lot. So it was a big number. I was like, can we just lower the price? Like, I do not want to start planning this again. And we did that. And still, we didn't have any takers. I think the, the whole time it was listed, we had one person reach out and ask if it included something that it didn't include. I don't even know what it could have been because it came with our email list and everything. But like, basically, there was no interest. There was nothing that was proving to me that was going to sell for that price she had listed. And also, that entire time, there was also this underlying feeling of like, this feels weird. It feels so weird to pass off this brand I have worked so hard on. And that means so much to so many people, to someone I don't know. They could go burn it all down they could go run my name to the ground with how they're running it, even if I'm not associated with it anymore. So that was always at the back of my mind. And then I also just knew Shannon was interested and I love Shannon. So like I wanted to make something work. I just didn't have very many ideas. And yeah, we got to the point where I was going to have to run it again because we wanted to keep running it year after year while it was for sale. So we could keep the price up and keep proving, hey, this is an active business that generates profit. And I did not want to do that. And that's when I was like, hey, Shannon, let's figure something out. And I had to like make sure it wasn't going to breach any contract or anything with this other company, which I was very careful about because I do really love Chelsea and everything she's about. But we were able to come to an agreement that did not require you to throw a bunch of cash or take out a loan to get it. That just feels good to both of us because we have an established relationship. I would recommend yeah. this to like no one else. There's risk <laughs> right. involved for both of us. Yeah. Yeah but it came to the point where like i didn't care and knowing shannon valued the brand so highly and would do such a great job with it i was like all right let's come to an alternate agreement so
0: yeah i was just honored that you trusted me to you know run the event to the standard to which you would run it and the agreement that we came to is like a revenue share of ticket sales you know and so it is in my best interest to A, run an incredible event because I'm going to make an offer for the Web Designer Academy off the back end. And if I run a crappy summit, no one's going to want to buy my program off the back end. Their experience of me is going to not be good. And it is in my best interest to get as many attendees to that summit as possible because the more people I have there the more people get to be introduced to the Web Designer Academy and my brand, the more community that gets created between solopreneur, lone wolf web designers who it's hard enough to build a business on your own. And we get to like create that and provide education that we don't provide inside of our programs. And it's just this whole opportunity. And it benefits Krista because the better the event goes, the more ticket sales there are, and the more money she makes just by not having to run her summit anymore but by passing it on until we fulfill our agreement and so it just is like a huge win-win for me and it is this is a relationship that's built on trust and i have every incentive not to screw it up <laughs> and so like you know we have the email list for the simply profitable designer summit and you know we are being very careful to not just be like oh this is now the web designer academy's email list we're just going to start pushing our offers programs pro-. like they didn't sign up for that they signed up for simply profitable designer and if we do things right by everybody that is going to like stay very engaged and the right people will come to us the right people will go to our other speakers and everything and so there's so much opportunity to like continue to grow that brand and like my vision for it is for it to really like become the premier educational resource for freelance web designers outside of like our 12 month web designer academy program cuz that's not for everybody and so what you built is i think is so important to The freelance web design space, and I'm just honored to be able to carry it on, and like with your brilliant processes and everything that you created with with Summit in a Box to be able to continue that. So, yeah, it's like a love fest for you right now. So, thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, right back at you, (laughs) because yeah, I mean, it feel it totally feels like a win win for me too. Like being able to to support you. Being able to pass something I worked so hard on for so many years off to someone I know will do it justice and not just have to let it die. Like that would have made me so sad. I mean, I would honestly, I'd probably be running it again right now and just be miserable having to do it again. But like it just, it was just a win-win all around for sure.
0: Yeah. Amazing. So you're all in on Summit in a Box and the launch with the Summit Accelerator. What is next for that brand? what's happening for that in 2023?
1: I mean, if you could tell me, <laughs> that would be
0: really cool. Awesome.
1: <laughs> we're right now actually next week as of recording this, next week we're hosting our own summit for that brand. We have not done that in 2 years cuz I haven't had the capacity to do it. Now yeah. that I'm not planning simply profitable, I do have the capacity for that. It's going to be a smaller event. The positioning is not as good as, you know, if I can run a summit just for designers, but I knew that going in and now all this work I'm putting into it will have long-term benefits. Whereas when I've been running Simply Profitable the last few years, I don't have offers for those people on the back end. I have nothing for them. I get to the end of the summer. I'm like, thanks for coming. See you next year. (laughs) Where like, now this, I'm going to be able to leverage these connections I'm making with my speakers. I'm going to be able to do something with the people who sign up for it. And that feels really, really good. So honestly, that's where our focus is right now. And, you know, we're just going to keep trying to build... Our little summit empire in 2023, whatever that ends up looking like.
0: (laughs) I love it. Just to kind of tie this back to our listeners who are web designers in all different stages of their business, do you have any advice for those people in that space for like how to, you know, create more visibility and get more clients? What would you say to them in terms of growing their business?
1: I mean, I feel like I would not be doing my job if I did not say, consider hosting a summit. (laughs) I feel like a lot of service-based business owners don't even consider that as a growth option for them. Um, And to be quite honest, our accelerator, our Launch of the Summit accelerator focuses on course creators. It doesn't focus on service providers. But I mean, I'm living proof. You're living proof that like, you can see a growth in services when you launch through a summit, we have all kinds of, uh, I can think of several designers off the top of my head who use summits once or twice a year to book out their client schedule. And it works because you don't need hundreds and hundreds of people like course creators do buying after your summit, you need enough to get your client schedule booked out for a little bit and to fill your email list with the leads that will fuel that schedule moving forward. And that's what it does. Like, I've seen people a lot of people with services, including myself, you don't even have to pitch afterwards yep. because it's just hundreds or thousands of more more people who now know you exist and know your services are an option and you're the clear go-to for them. I never had to pitch after my summits and I still got booked out six months every time. So consider hosting a summit. If growing your list, booking out your services are a priority for you, it's really really a powerful strategy. It's not just for people with like digital courses or memberships or anything like that. It definitely is effective for service providers as well.
0: Oh my gosh. I mean, like, yes, because like my wheels are spinning now, like, you know, even if you have a very industry specific niche or you help a certain type of business owner, imagine pulling together experts that can help them in all these different areas of their business who also serve those people who have networks of those people that you would all be collectively inviting to this event. And, you know, what we teach in the Web Designer Academy is marketing through relationship building. I mean, that is relationship building and relationship building through giving before asking and del- creating value and all kinds of things. And a summit is an incredible way to build relationships build your referral network deliver value get connected and continue to like create that so that you have like a <laughs> just a list of like warm leads of people who know like and trust you who may not quite be ready to work with you yet but they know other people and you know they w- maybe will be in the future to just kind of supercharge those efforts and so it's a no brainer to me so where can everyone go to learn more about you and Summit in a Box and all the cool stuff that you're up to?
1: Yeah, well, you can find me at summitinabox.co. If you just go there, you'll see all the things. We have a podcast with over 200 episodes. We have you know downloads you can grab and check out. But if you're curious to diving more into the world of summits... That is where you can go. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Summit in a Box. If you just want to give me like more details on your business, I can help you also like show you where to get started. Like check out this training, check out this podcast episode, check out this resource. So feel free to connect with me on Instagram as well.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. And we'll link all that up in the show notes and save the date for the Simply Profitable Designer Summit, which is happening in March of 2023. I think it's the 20th through the 24th. It's that third week in March, whatever those dates are. So save the date for that. It's going to be amazing. And I get to host it for the first time. And I'm so excited. So just thank you for creating that, Krista. And Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you right back here next week. That's it for this week's episode, and we've linked up all of the resources we talked about today in the show notes, so you can go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash podcast to get your hands on those. And we'll be back next week with another episode designed to help you uplevel the business side of your web design business. So be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening. And if you liked today's episode, we would be so grateful if you would share it with all your web designer friends. And if you're feeling extra generous, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review so we can get in front of even more web designers and help them transform their businesses and their lives. So simply scroll up on this episode in your podcast player and tap that leave a review link or go to webdesigneracademy.com forward slash review and it'll take you to the right spot. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you right here next week. Bye. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.